Have you ever looked forward to an event so big you can't stop thinking about it? Let's talk about someone who sang about her biggest event. Speaking to us tonight about Mary, here's Pasinanat continuing his talk on prep time. You know, we 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 have been talking we we have been talking about a couple of things last week and we looked at the life of John the Baptist when when we were looking at how you and me can really prepare our hearts for Christmas. And and as as I was meditating on on a couple of verses, uh I I also thought about, you know, uh one of the most important roles uh in the life of Jesus was his mother. Right? Mary played such an important role in 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 the life of Jesus. So I thought today even as we uh we we are still going to be talking about prep time. I'm I'm not going to be changing my my topic. Uh I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on prep time, but I I've kind of gone ahead and added a note, but before we go ahead, uh we we kind of look into that. A lot of songs are are trending these days, right? What's your I mean just just for fun, okay? What's your favorite go-to song? Anyone? Feel free to shout it out. Nobody will judge you. You guys don't listen to songs? Wow. Benji. Huh? Is that a F1 track? No, I'm just Suti Mekaru. Okay. All right, not bad. Are you guys thinking or you guys don't listen to songs? I'm 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 a bit confused and lost right now. Huh? Dance monk. No, no, just songs in general, okay? Don't don't get all Christmassy on me. It can you can it can go out of your Christmas collection as well. You know? And and just to put you just don't act all churchy, okay? If you guys listen to some secular songs and you love them, just feel free to shout it out, okay? Nobody's going to judge you over here. Right? And Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Garden. Do we have wedding bells ringing sometime? Okay. Do we I already asked you, right? Garden is single, by the way. Just All right, all right. Uh, any any other songs that you guys listen to? I know, you know, you may have to look through your uh apps that you use whether it's huh? playlist yeah you'll have to go through your playlist to pro- possibly lock down but if you use this app spotify uh you know by the end of every year it tells you what are the kind of so- what what what's like a go to song have you have you seen that you know it kind of curates uh, your your song list which is so special to you and then you know by the end of the year it tells you how many how many streams you've had and all that it kind of gives you like a it's almost like spies on your on your music flavor you know so but why am i talking about it because songs play such an important role in our lives has anybody felt that way yes. right so one of the reasons when we come here when we worship we just don't sing songs right i mean if we just had to go out and sing songs there would be much better places that you could sit and hang out with hang out at but songs play such an important role you know have you ever has anybody ever experience that feeling when you when you listen to a song and you get goosebumps right not the freaky kind of you know goosebumps but like the, the yeah the feel thank you steve that's the right word you know where you, where you like really feel the song Have, has anybody felt that in the recent times 
If you have not, just go back and listen to some songs that you really like. You know, maybe that feeling might just come back. You know, that sensation that, that some lyrics like literally stand out for you. That, that tone, if you're a musician, you know, that, that particular part of that, of that instrument, or that particular part of the song, like just stands out and it kind of, you know, just attracts, you know, you forget about everything that you're doing and you just want to listen that song on loop. Right? I mean, uh, when, once I get hooked to a song, Juhi gets really bored, you know, because that entire day or that entire couple of days, it'll be the same song that will be playing. I didn't know she's there in the... <laughs> yeah, entire month. You know, that's, that's how, how seriously I take songs, okay? Because I, I believe there's power in a song, you know? And, and today, I want to talk to you about a song which is, for the musicians, it's not your typical four-chord song that we like playing. You know, we, I want us to focus on a song that, that was recorded at a time where probably there were no instruments, there, were, there, were no, there was no like sound, there was no like hype, hyped up, you know, PA and everything, but there was a song. Yeah, well, it was not Mary, did you know? But it was Mary who sang the song, you know, and I want, before we go into that, I, I've titled this talk for this evening called Prep Time, A Song. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1, verses 39. And, and I really hope today, if you can just focus on taking some notes. Because I, while I was prepping for this, uh, God really started showing me a couple of interesting things from these two passages that we're going to be reading. So we, the first passage that we're reading is the uh, verses 39 to 45. And I'll give you a background about once we have finished reading this. At that time... Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's take a pause. These are the parents of John the Baptist who we spoke about last week. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she, before she gave birth, before she, she was pregnant, uh, she visited these guys, and that's what, that's, that's what the context is. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, this is Elizabeth, blessed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is a child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Amen. You know, for the next few minutes, I, I want us to, to focus on, on, on this part. But this, this is just like an opener to what we're really going to be looking into this evening. We're going to be focusing on the song of Mary, you know, that, that, that kind of comes out as a response to what is happening in her life. We'll get there, but coming back to your favorite song. You guys know now at least which one is your favorite song? You may not need to shout it out, but as long as that's playing in your mind, I hope that does not distract you from listening to what I'm saying. So just so that we are all on the same page, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this evening. We want to thank you, God, for every single person in this room, but we want to truly thank you for your word, that your word would reach out to the deepest and darkest needs that we have, darkest areas of our lives and the needs that we have, Lord, in our hearts tonight, and that your word would come alive and would help us get clarity 
and direction and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're talking about prep time and, and we're, look, we're going to be looking at Mary's song that, that, she, that came out as a response when she heard from the angel that she is going to give birth, a, not just any kind of birth, but a supernatural birth. And that birth was going to be of the Messiah who is going to come and who is going to save entire humanity. Now, most of you would know this part of the story as to how the birth of Jesus happened. You know, uh, Mary was not married. At that time, she was engaged to? Wow. To Joseph. <laughs> she was engaged to Joseph. And, and you know, they, they, at that time, I just, I don't know if you know this, but at that time, they took engagement really seriously. I hope it's the same even today. <laughs> but at that time, they took engagement, the concept of engagement really seriously. You know, and, and apparently, uh, this, is, this, is one of, this is a few articles that I read. I don't know to what extent this is true, but I'm just going to throw it in there. Even if you had to break an engagement during that time, it had to go through a process of divorce. Like, it, that entire process was called as a divorce, even though you were engaged in that culture. Now, why am I telling you this? Because, you know, the, the thing is, we just read about the fact that uh, Mary goes and visits Zechariah and, and the home of Elizabeth as well, right? But some, something happens before that where the angel Gabriel tells Mary that this, you're going to give a supernatural birth. And this birth is going gonna, is gonna to happen not by you and your husband or your to-be husband coming together. But this is going to be through the Holy Spirit that you're going to give birth to the Savior of humanity. And as much as you and me like reading this text and get excited about it, that wow, this is kind of a supernatural mirth, Mary, I think she did not react the way we react. Like her first response was not joy to the world, the Lord has come. Her first response was, how is this going to be? Because what you and me need to understand is, as much as we try to put ourselves away from the culture, we are still a part of what is happening around us. And culture still plays a massive role in how you see your life and how you react to your life. And that's what's happening in, in Mary's perspective. Mary, when she hears from the angel, the first thing she's saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, how is it, how, how will the people around in the community talk about it? And then the angel comforts her and saying, see, nothing is impossible. When it comes to God, and then the angel tells, tells her about what is happening in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. That, that they are going to bear a child, or give birth to a child when they have crossed their childbearing age. You remember I, I shared that with you last week. And Mary sees that as a source of encouragement. And the first thing she decides is she goes there. A couple of things that I really want to point out in this entire scenario of how things are happening between Mary, Zechariah, Elizabeth, you know, Joseph, and this entire two families put together. Something that, that really stood out for me in this entire place is that you, if you see the scripture, it says that Mary got ready and hurried. In other, in other uh, passages, it will say she rushed or she, or she left immediately. I want us to really focus on that word immediately. Can everybody say immediately? 
I, I think the reason that word is put over there is because of, of this one thing. Has anybody ever received a promise from God? Show of hands if that's you. Have you ever been encouraged by a part of the scripture that, is, that, that really stood out to you and that really meant so much? At a season of your life where you were either on your mountaintop or your valley low, but something you read from the scripture and it kind of really made so much sense into, into that situation. Have, has anybody felt that way? Right? Mary, in this context, things were not making sense to Mary when the angel started speaking to her. But she caught on to something, I believe, that the angel said when the angel gave her the reference of, of Zechariah and Elizabeth. See, because the thing is, when it comes to the promises of God, I want you to write this down. We all need conducive environments for God's promises to be fulfilled. We all need conducive environments for God's promises to be fulfilled. See, the thing is, as much as we get excited when we receive a promise from God, the promise also has a process. It's not that you receive a promise and boom, the next day you're like, okay, you're experiencing it or you're walking into it or you're, or you're seeing it coming to pass immediately. No, that's not. It, if it happens in your life, wow, but that, not, that may not be the case every single time. See, Mary needed a conducive environment where everything that the angel had spoken to her she would have the courage, she would have the, the, the boldness, and she would have the peace of mind to kind of process what the angel had, had spoken to her. And, and let me tell you, that would have not been possible where Mary was. The first thing I want to tell you is that a conducive environment is very necessary when it comes to God's promises. Check your environments. Can you tell the person next to you, check your environments? That did not sound convincing, guys. Check your environments. See, the thing is, the situ Mary's situation was so absurd that if she even took the risk of telling all these things to the people around her, she would go through a lot of disgrace. She would go through a lot of shame. She would go through a lot of judgment in her community. Because that's the kind of culture, because you, what you and me need to realize is that at that time, they were growing up in a very male-dominated culture where women did not have the freedom of expression. You know, the, whatever was being told was, was kind of, it came through the man at, during those times. Like, I'm kind of just paraphrasing a few things for you to understand why Mary made this choice to move out from Galilee and go to, to Judea. Because... An unpregnant woman, an, an unmarried pregnant woman would not, that, that the entire concept itself sounds so wrong. An unmarried pregnant woman. See, now we, we, are, we are in a culture where, where at least we, most of the people have become a bit more accommodative to, to, to things like this. But at that time, the immediate response was judgment. At that time, the immediate response was condemnation. At that point, the immediate thing was like, really? How can that be possible? And as much as Mary is receiving a promise from God, she had to go through what her culture, the, the way how her culture was responding. And she, in order to avoid that, forget Mary, you know, even Joseph thought of calling off that relationship. Did he know that? 
I'm not making this up. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1 and let's read verses 19 and 20. And I love how the Amplified Version puts it in, in such a detailed way. And this is what it says. And her promised husband Joseph, being just, being a just and upright man and not willing to expose her publicly and to shame and disgrace her, decided to repudiate and dismiss. And this is what the Amplified says. Divorce her quietly and secretly. You know what got, got me thinking? A just and an upright man who was still worried about the culture and wanted to go and divorce and separate with Mary, not publicly, but secretly. Whether it's to avoid the shame for Mary or, or, or kind of, you know, the entire situation, how he saw it planning. But then God had to intervene in the life of Joseph through a dream and told him that, hey, you don't need to do this. You need to stay faithful and just hold on because I'm about to do something supernatural in and through you guys. The reason I'm trying to set this up in this way is because have you ever let gone of God's promises because they don't fit into your reality? Food for thought. Think about it. Have you ever let gone of everything that God has told you just because it doesn't make sense to you at times? Because the truth is, the promises of God are never meant to fit into your reality. They are, main, they are meant to change your reality. That's the power of a God, uh, the, the promise of God. That's the power that the Word has. That's the power of the Holy Spirit when He works in our lives. That they, when, when the promises of God come into your present, they are meant for your hopeful future. They may come to you at a time where, you're, where your present is so disturbed, where your present is so distorted, where you have no sense, where you have no peace. You may not even have joy because everything around you is crumbling. Everything around you, you are struggling with so many choices and decisions. But you get a promise from God. And you think, this is too good to be true. Has anybody been on that road before? Mary almost traveled on that, on that path. Joseph almost traveled on that path. Because they were trying to fit the promise of God into their reality. I want to challenge you tonight. Can you let go of your reality and hold on to the promise of God? See, because the realities will, will, will always tell you what you cannot do. But the promises of God will always encourage and empower you of what God can do through you. And what God can do in you. They're never meant to fit into your reality. They're meant to change your reality. Anybody who needs a change of realities, hold on to the promises of God. And allow the promises of God to work in your life and work in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of the difficult situations you might be going through. Or even in the happy moments, celebrate the promises of God. Don't forget about it just because things are going smooth. Mary and Joseph almost lost the plot. Can you imagine if Joseph would have divorced Mary? Can you imagine if Mary would not have moved out from Galilee and come into Judea to, to, to meet Zechariah and, and Elizabeth? I think the reality would have been different. 
I'll tell you why. Because no matter how strong you are as a Christ follower, no matter how seasoned you are as a Christ follower, we all need a conducive environment. And I believe as we as a community or, or as you as individuals and families and friends walk into this Christmas season, I really hope that we can take responsibility to create and usher a conducive environment, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us who we do life with. This Christmas season is a fantastic opportunity for all of us to, to create that conducive environment because people around you are, 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 are getting scared of the realities that they're battling with. We need a God kind of conducive environment for, the, for, for all of us to hold on to the love and the promises of God. And, and, and Mary needed a conducive environment for her to hold on to the massive promise she had received. And I love, I love Mary's response that she did not wait. She did not allow the shame and, and the thoughts of fear and worry to hold on to her and kind of, you know, abort the promise of God. But she, what, hurried and she rushed and moved out from Galilee. Turn to the person and, say, and tell them, get out of Galilee. I don't know what that means to you. But I just, want you to I just want to tell you, get out of your Galilee that is going to shame you, that is going to disgrace you, that is going to always make you worried just because you're holding on to a massive God promise that does not make sense in your reality. It's time for you to move out of Galilee. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I, God, I, kind of I kind of had prepped this and God kind of deposited this one, that one phrase in my mind this afternoon. Get out of Galilee. If Mary did not move out from Galilee, we would not, I think we would not have even celebrated what we are celebrating every year. Mary needed her Elizabeth. Mary needed that time of encouragement. Anybody needs encouragement over here tonight? Elizabeth had experienced a supernatural miracle. The story of Elizabeth was, a, was, it's a supernatural miracle. Giving birth to John the Baptist when they had crossed their childbearing age. She was witnessing the power of God at work in her life. Elizabeth had also acknowledged and affirmed God's working over Mary's life when she spoke to her, right? I believe... Every season, whether it's a joyful one, whether it's the most difficult one, whether, when things are working right, when things are not working, we all need people like Elizabeth in our lives. Who are those? What does, what does that look like? What do the Elizabeths of today look like? I want to give you three things of how, of how people, the Elizabeths, what they look like. There are people, or rather, find people in your life who affirm and acknowledge the good in you. Can everybody say, affirm and acknowledge? Find people. They may not always walk up to you. Sometimes it's your responsibility. See, Mary did not wait for Elizabeth to come to her. Mary got up and went to Elizabeth. Turn to the person next to you and say, find. Find people who, who will affirm and acknowledge the good in you. That's the first thing, affirm and acknowledge. The second thing is... Find people who hold you close to their hearts. 
Find people who, who believe in you and who hold you close to their hearts. And also, let people, find those people who compel you to walk in your God-given potential. See, because not every day when you wake up, you want to do what God wants you to do. Right? And there was silence. Oh, you're writing it down. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Because not every day you feel like, trust, tell me, tell me one month, forget one month, tell me one week where you got up all seven days and did exactly what God asked you to do. Is there anyone in this room? That's our problem, you know. That's my problem as well. And that's exactly the reason why we need people who will compel you to walk in your God-given potential. Because there is potential in all of us. There is a calling of God over your life. There is a God-given destiny over your life. But unless you do not make an intentional choice to get out of your Galilee and meet that Elizabeth who you need to meet. Some singles, I don't know if Elizabeth is even around you. But don't take it in the literal sense what I'm saying this evening. But find that person who will affirm and acknowledge the good in you. Who will hold you close to your heart. And who will always compel you to walk into your God-given purpose and destiny. That's what Mary did. See, because I told you that we're going to be talking about Mary's song. But that song, you know, that, that just didn't come out just like that. That song was... was, was if I would say, was an outcome of a conversation, a faith-filled conversation between Elizabeth and Mary. Check your conversations. They're powerful. They, were, they are powerful. See, because Mary gave, Mary's response in that song was a response of thanksgiving. And that's the second thing I want us to look at for a few minutes. Mary's response was of thanksgiving. See, it was, she starts her song with, with praise and thanksgiving. If you, if you read that part, let's go there actually. Let's read Luke chapter 1 verses 46 onwards. And Mary said... My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. Are you guys okay so far? Yes. This is Mary, okay? This is not anyone else. This is Mary. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he promised our ancestors... And then it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. 
See, this is not your, your Christmas carol that Mary is talking about. You know, this is not, this is not like, like how auntie said, this is not Mary, did you know? This is not, oh, come all you faithful. And you know, as much as all those carols are good and, and I love singing those carols, this Mary is talking some profound, deep truths from the Bible through this song. You know, it tells me something about Mary as a person. If you, if you go back and study this song, right, this is not, this is, this is, theologians compare this to the song that Hannah sang. There's some deep, profound truth in, in this song that Mary sang that, that day or that, at that moment. That tells me something peculiar about Mary. Mary treasured the word of God. As much as she got, as much as we can get excited about the promise, you and me will also crumb. We have the threat and the danger of crumbling if we don't hold on to the word of God. See, because you know, have you have you heard this statement? Out of the abundance of your heart, the what? Complete that for me. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Right. If you, have, if you have not heard this, this is, this is what Jesus was, was telling in a conversation that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. See, Mary, you need to understand that she's still kind of, you know, trying to digest this entire promise and this prophetic, this, this thing that has happened, this incident that has happened with her. And her response after her conversation with Elizabeth and, and, and between herself is a scripture that is, that, that is coming out as a song. I mean... Has it ever happened to you that you're, you're caught up in a situation that is so tough, that is so, I mean, so challenging? What's your first response like? Oh my goodness! Or is it like, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, has, has, does anybody go like that? Mary is singing a song which is scripturally heavy. And that shows how much she loved treasuring the word of God. See, I want us to tell you that if we, if we, if we talk about being a community of faith, if we talk about celebrating Christmas in the right sense, if you talk about prepping for this festive season in the right sense, that will only be possible if you and me are a people that tr loves to treasure the word of God. Amen. I, mean, I mean, songs are good. Worship songs on our playlist is good, like singing the songs. But, but sometimes, man, I want to tell you, it's so powerful when you and me can profess scriptures over your life. Because this is not just a set of artistic literature. This, is a transformation, this has transformational power, the scriptures. Mary understood the power of that. And she thought in the middle of her distress, in the middle of everything that she's going through, in, in the middle of everything that is happening to her, her best response at that time was scripture. Maybe it's time for some of us to evaluate and analyze our responses. When I read this, I was like, man, God, I need to analyze my responses. I need to, I need to really think twice about how I react. Because sometimes, you know, the, the, our cultures teach us so quickly to react and respond in a particular way, Right? I love how Mary reacts. It's a reaction of thanksgiving. She, and, and I don't know if you caught this, but she starts off this song, if you go back to those verses uh, from 46 onwards, she starts off this by acknowledging 
the baby not as her baby but as a savior such a beautiful representation of humility you know she could have gone like i know you're the messiah but you're my son first because i am going to bear you for 9 months i'm going to raise you up even after that i'm going to nurse you i'm going to raise you up i'm going to grow so you better be good to what i'm saying i mean after all she's a mother right she can't do that but mary is different she says my soul glorifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior not my son but god my savior speaks of her humility but also speaks of her reverence for god are we okay so far yes. i just don't want to go on talking okay i i i really feel this is something that we need to prepare our hearts as we get into this festive season the words of the song are so rich they're so profound with deep reverence to god and and you know that's the response that mary comes up with as as a thanksgiving see there are people why am i asking us to dive into this song because i i i want us to get somewhere by the end of this conversation is that there are people around us who can break into thanksgiving just because of your encouragement can you tell the person look around look around in your life look around in your surroundings look around at the places where you spend most of most of most of the time there are people who need to be encouraged show of hands if you know of at least two people who need encouragement right rest of you if you didn't hear me i'll say show of hands if you know at least two people who need encouragement around you right some guys i think still wondering okay as is apply uh who are those guys right is one of them you uh <laughs> see because we talk about being a community of encouragement we talk about thanksgiving but i want to tell you look at this christmas season in a different way can i can i can i challenge you can i challenge all of us to look at this christmas season in a slightly different way I know we all have a to-do list for Christmas. I know we all have so many fantastic ideas and thoughts that we have as we're getting into this Christmas season. But this this Christmas season, we get a fantastic opportunity to to not just celebrate the season but also to be thankful. Right? We get an opportunity to be thankful for who God is. We get a opportunity to be thankful for our savior we get an opportunity to be thankful for the eternal hope that we have in jesus we get an opportunity to be thankful that our future is secured in christ if you know that you are a christ follower if you believe in jesus as a lord and as your savior your future in jesus is secured and this time it's a great reminder for all of us it's a, it's a fantastic reminder that we get to be thankful and even as we're trying even as i want to wrap this up i want to tell you we have a choice that we can make this this christmas season we have a choice either find yourself a conducive environment or be the conducive environment for people can everybody say find either find yourself a conducive environment 
or be the conducive environment for the people around you because there, you look around and there are people who need encouragement. You look around and there are people who are waiting for things to fall in place. You look around and there are people who want that love, that acceptance, that thought of knowing that there is somebody who can affirm and acknowledge the good in them. You and me, this Christmas season, have an opportunity to be those kind of people. Just like how Mary needed an Elizabeth, maybe there are some people around you who, who are the Marys. And you can be the Elizabeths for them. Maybe you're seated over here and you are the Mary in this, in this conversation. And maybe you need an Elizabeth. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you one, one small catch in that entire conversation. You know, before we go there, there's this guy in Germany during, during World War II. He, he, was a, he was a theologian and he was a pastor for, and who, who, was, who was pastoring and writing stuff during the World War. Second World War. His name, I, I hope I can get it right, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There's a guy, he, he's known for his, his famous book, is called The Cost of Discipleship. And this is what he has to say about Mary's song. You know, he says, The song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at once the most passionate, the wildest. One might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary who we sometimes see in paintings. You remember that? You know, with the smile and the calm and the pause. It's not that. This is that passionate, surrendered, proud, enthusiastic Mary who speaks out here. This song has none of the sweet, nostalgic or even playful tones of some of our Christmas carols. Like if I asked the band to play that song, you can't play it in four chords, I'm sure. It is instead a hard, strong, inexorable song about collapsing thrones and humble lords of this world about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind what a brilliant description of the song see Mary's song like I said it was it was just it, it erupted out of a conversation between Mary and Elizabeth and I told you, I don't know what role you play tonight as you hear this song, uh, as you hear this sermon that, are you the Mary, are you the Elizabeth? I don't know, you know your situation better. But the source of Elizabeth's encouragement was her being filled by the Holy Spirit. If you are sitting over here and talking and thinking about creating a conducive environment for people around you, I want to tell you, you cannot do this at your own strength. Mary, if you go back to the scripture, it says Elizabeth was filled by the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, let God be the source of your encouragement. The next time you think about speaking to someone, the next time you want to encourage someone, the next time you want to say something good about someone, do not do it just for the sake of it, but let God lead you and speak into, into their life through you. I want to tell you, church, the more you rely on the presence of God to help you help others, the more tangible results you will see in and through your life. 
See, because this gospel message that we are talking about, it has the power to transform lives. It has the power to release that unconditional love of, of God over your situations. It has the power to speak His promises into your disturbed reality. That's the power of the scriptures. That's the power of God that wants to work in your life this Christmas season. I want, and I really want to encourage you that as we are prepping for Christmas this season, we need to be the Elizabeths who can encourage people. But we also need to be the Elizabeths who are not shy from receiving a fresh download from the Holy Spirit over your life tonight. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.